Welcome to the audio podcast of The Father's House. We hope and pray you are both challenged and encouraged by this time in the Word. Before we get into the message, uh, for those of you, this is your home church here at The Father's House. I just want to share for four or five minutes because today we are excited to announce our legacy giving opportunity. This is a year-end giving opportunity that we do every year as a church, formerly known as Prince. No, actually formerly known as Heart for the House. Sorry, bad joke. There'll be a few of them, so buckle up. Um, But this is great. I love this slide. This is a picture of what God is doing in our church, that he is creating a legacy for generations. We don't just exist here for ourselves, like Candace even shared in her testimony, that God is doing something in our church, through our church, that is bigger than us. Our lives are like a vapor, but there is something permanent and eternal that God does. Now, this is not just in the physical that we are pouring into in the financial, but there's something in the spiritual that because of your generosity, we're able to invest above and beyond the tithe with an offering to see even more people come to know Jesus Christ, that you can make an impact for God's kingdom by sowing into it. Now, This isn't a a prosperity gospel. We're saying, hey, give, and then God's going to multiply it. Now God can with the offering, absolutely. But this is simply above and beyond our um, response as believers, that, that God has blessed us immensely. And often, and I don't know about you guys, but I've experienced this, and often this this comes up as a temptation in my life, is that the Bible says that you can't serve both God and money. Now the Bible says it's not the um, it's not money that is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Here's the truth. This is a spiritual principle. There is the spirit of mammon. The word says you can't serve both mammon and God. There is a spirit attached to money. You know why? Because I start talking about money, and everyone's like, I don't know. Do you feel that? I get that way sometimes. Because there's a spirit there. Because the enemy of this world wants your soul he wants you to be concerned and always considering finances will i have enough i'd love to give and i will one day i'd I'd love to tithe i'd love to return to the lord what's rightfully his the rest of my finances can be blessed but that's one day and he keeps us caught up serving the spirit of money one way to break off that spirit of mammon is to live with an open hand, to allow God to flow through you, to give him the first and the best, and to say, God, I don't know what's coming next, but I know that I'm giving you what's rightfully yours. So that is the tithe. We believe in that. That is spiritual all throughout scripture. It's not just Old Testament or New Testament. It's from the very beginning. So we believe in that as a church. And this is, as I stated, above and beyond the tithe. If you're not there yet, that's awesome. That, that, that's cool. I would encourage you to prayerfully consider what it means to tithe, to be a part of returning the first fruits to the Lord. And then this is above and beyond that with an offering. And there's some, uh, there's some things that we do every year as part of this offering. Uh, there are three ministry lanes that are above and beyond our normal operations as a church function. And there are three lanes that we're focusing on this year. 
Now, uh, we, as I mentioned before, every month we give away to local and international Christian missions. So we tithe as a church, Pregnancy uh, Care Center and Hope Mission, uh, Israel Firm, and uh, World Compassion, our inter international organizations as well. And uh, this year, there are three things that we want to invest to, three different lanes that we're going to call them as part of Legacy. And each week, over the next three weeks, I'll spend just two or three minutes talking about each one and giving you guys a bit of a, a high-level uh, highlight of where we're at. But the first one that I want to talk about today is expansion. So there's three in total. There's expansion, there's uh, a ministry for our kids' bay, and uh, there's also for our youth, the next generation uh, that we want to be able to help our kids go to youth camp. We had an amazing, powerful time this past summer. We want to see that again. We want to see kids prophesying, praying over one another, encouraging each other. But we're not here just for ourselves. That's why we are focused. We are fixated. We are stubborn about the next generation that they would learn in a world that is clouded and confused and lots of darkness. We want them to be the light and the hope in the situation. And the best way we can do that is to train them up in the way they should go so they would not depart from it to learn the truth of God's word. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about expansion. So uh, this is ultimately uh, what we have used this fund for as part of our building fund is to invest heavily into our kids' bay. And we have a, a video on the screen. I don't know if team we can pull it up. Uh, but we were given in a an amazing opportunity here from Crystal Creek Homes uh, to lease out this bay. So just out front of this uh, space here, you can see that this was the before of the uh, what is now Kids Ministry Bay. So it was all just a whole bunch of storage area, a couple sheets of drywall. All this was moved out. See a couple of our contractors, I think, here working on it, doing some measurements. And this is where it is now. So come on, this is our team night on Sunday. We got the carpeting in, we got new walls and HVAC system and plumbing. There's two functional washrooms. This is our preschool area right here. And then this is just a, a, a massive space. You can see the height that we have. It's all heated and comfortable. So this is our team night Christmas party on Friday for our dream team, building some gingerbread houses. So you can see the height there. We could probably have guys walk around on stilts and they wouldn't hit their heads, which I love those. If you've seen them at any Christmas parties, they're great. Behind here is a storage room. Um, and behind that wall is our foster care closet. We're going to have clothes and uh, diapers and wipes and all sorts of functional stuff for families that adopt and uh, the pickup kids that are in the foster care system. We're going to feed people who need a meal with the practical needs. And we also have a, a fully operational kitchen. Come on, that is nice kitchen. Isn't that a nice kitchen? That's probably that's nicer than my kitchen. I love it. A couple of washrooms. So we're just in the finishing stages. We've got a couple inspections to come, but we're excited about uh, running toilets and water and uh, all this space here. And you can see we're not only able to utilize it for our, our kids ministry, which that's where they're at right now. Uh, one of the things that a, a few kids have told me we said, well, how do you guys like the kids' bay? And they, the, the, the prevailing comment is, we like it because we don't have to be quiet. Because <laughs> if you remember, the kids' ministry was just literally right across from this wall. So Sunday morning, pastor be preaching, and there'd be kids banging on the wall and screaming. And it's a bit of a sad reality, but one of the adults would have to go over and remind the volunteers and the kids to shh, to be quiet, because the you know, pastor's preaching. But guess what? There is liberation in God's house. There is freedom in God's house. Let the kids sing. Come on, swell with me, band. Let the kids 
declare the freedom and the goodness of God. We didn't rehearse that one. I, I wish we would have. That would have been a really powerful moment. But, but it's true. They can yell and scream their hearts out because we want them to learn a biblical way of worship, just as we were doing today, to extend our hands and to use our voices to extol and to praise the Lord, to pray with one another. There is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's the same right. Holy Spirit that we experience His presence and His goodness. So we're excited for that next generation. We're also able to hold different events there for our, for our team. And, and as I mentioned, with the foster care closet, uh, throughout the week, we're going to have a, a designated time where families can come, and that's going to be loaded with clothes. They can come pick out whatever they need at no cost. So... So we invested heavily, as I mentioned, to make this a reality. We uh, have not gone into any debt to use uh, the, the funds that we have set aside for this investment for the next generation. So that means because we've invested that money, now our goal is to replenish that fund. That is one of the lanes as part of our legacy this year is to replenish that fund, to build back up some of our savings. You know why? Not just so we can store it and have money in the bank. And that's good. We need to have an emergency fund and be prepared and not need to go into debt and, and all that stuff. That's great. But here's the key. We want to be ready when there is another move of God, when he opens up another door for us. And who knows, Lord, I know you're listening, but who knows, maybe more of that bay becomes available. Maybe more of this square footage in this space becomes available. And we wanna be prepared to say, step out in faith and say, there's an expansion coming that God is adding to the house, that more people would come to know him. So we wanna be ready as a church. And so one of the ways that we wanna be ready is to have those funds prepared so that we can, just as we did in this, in this opportunity, say the space is available, we're gonna give you guys a great deal on it, let's go. We can move forward, we don't have to hesitate because God has blessed our church. We've continued to live and, and learn to live with an open hand as a church and God has been so faithful to bless us. You guys cutting me off? Is that too long talking about money already? Or? You want me to move it along to the message? Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's okay. Very subtle, I like that. <laughs> well, come on, thank you, church. Uh, so if this is your home church, would you just spend the, the next few weeks just prayerfully considering as we look at these three different lanes, youth, kids, and expansion, to consider what, uh, what God would have you give over and above the tithe to this offering. If you believe in the vision of this house, if this is your home church, we want everyone to be involved. Now, you remember the, the scripture, there was the, the, the poor woman with the two mites, the two coins. Jesus was sitting outside the temple watching as people gave their offerings and all the rich people came, you know, and gave out of their surplus. But it says the poor woman, Jesus said she gave more than anyone else did because she gave out of her lack. She gave like all that she had. So the amount isn't important. And I mean that. The amount that you give isn't the important issue here. The amount is, is what's connected to your heart. What gives you a little bit of a, ooh, are we sure we could do that? To give out of um, what God has given you. So we're excited about that. We're gonna be bringing our offering on December 17th. So there's gonna be the box outside. You can also make that offering uh, online. The Legacy Fund is gonna be titled online if you do your giving there, which I know most uh, people will, but there's also the, the deposit box in the lobby as well. So you can just make it out to Legacy and then uh, we're gonna be investing that into the new year throughout 2024 into our Legacy Fund. So come ready to give, pray about it. Just ask God, Holy Spirit, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? 
What's the number you want me to give? And I believe he will give that to you clearly. So uh, we're excited about that on December 17th. It will be open for the rest of the year. So at any point, you can go ahead and give to that as well. So thank you, church. Thank you for letting me take a, a few minutes. Media team, thank you for keeping the lights on for me. Appreciate that. So we're going to get into the message today uh, with our remaining time. And, um, and uh, next week, we're actually getting into our, our Christmas series. So we're going to hear some, probably some more Christmas songs. You guys like that? A, little, a few? So, that, that was exciting. We're going to maybe hear some more of those. Maybe. I don't know how the response was, James. But, but the, uh, last week, if, if, you're, if you weren't here, um, you can always go back and check out the message online. But the, the message was essentially the mission of our church, why we're here as a church, why we exist. What the heck are we doing, you know, meeting together and gathering this, in this place? I said, heck, okay, that could be worse. There could be another word. So don't get upset. Don't throw anything at me. But last week we talked about why we're here, and we're here for the one. That is the name of this series, that we are here for the one. The Father's house exists so that people far from God will find life in Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we gather together. Not because it's some great revelation or idea that God gave me or our founding pastor, Ryan. It is simply the model and the mission of Jesus Christ. It's because it matters to Jesus. He came to seek and to save the lost. This will be a place where prodigals are coming home to God and he runs after them. That we are a house for people who are lost that need hope. We will not have a religious spirit. There is no spirit of criticism or behavior. Come on. The Holy Spirit makes that change in your life. He guides you and he partners with you to produce fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're continuing on this series today, um, week two, part two of the series, and, and it's, it's for the one. Now, if I could subtitle it, it would be for the one. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. It's Friday night. Come on, are you with me? I don't know the rest of the... There's a few of you do. I think it was the second row there. I think it was some of your grandparents kicking in there. I like that. You guys come back. I don't know the rest of the lyrics, but we should probably stop singing it there just to be, just to be careful. But this is how we do it. So we, we reach lost people... Yes, we go after those who need a touch from God. What does he have us here for? How do we do it? I'm not going to get that song out of my head all sermon long. So how do we do church? The, the, the point is, we are the church. So how are we the church? The word church in the Greek is ekklesia. It means to be called out and called together. The church is not a building. The church is a people. In Acts chapter 2, it says, The early church, all the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Guys, we have the playbook from the Bible on how we are to devote ourselves to Jesus Christ. They went and they met together at the temple. This is like our temple. On Sundays, we come together 
Uh, we, we meet in homes for our groups. We take communion together as a body of Christ, whether it's in your group or here on Sunday mornings. And we pray as a church. We pray on Sunday mornings. There's gonna be time of prayer after the service. There's been prayer before this service. We have our prayer night, our pursuit night on Wednesday nights from six to seven. I encourage you to come check that out. But we are a praying church and we are simply following the New Testament model that was outlined for us. Now, there's just one thing I wanna notice here. The last line, it says, the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. We don't save people. We don't add people. The Lord adds to those who are being saved. God is working in the hearts of all people. He is calling them on because he doesn't want them to spend an eternity without him. He created them and he loves them. So there are people in your lives, in your world, that need to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But how did they come to, to faith? By simply the church being the church by us coming together and worshiping and praying and sharing in communion and fellowship and meals and growing together in love and doing life together. And there is a, there's an attraction that comes from that that people are like, what is it in your life? It's like, oh man, I'm just, my church, like God's been working. He's, he's working in my life and I've, I've seen the transformational life change take place and and then people are curious. Trust me, people want to know what is it that's inside of you. And the truth is, it's just Jesus Christ. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It is God working in my life. And that plays out not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout every day of the week. People are attracted to the message, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Here's what's interesting is that when we plant ourselves in the house of God, there's a, a natural, yes, but ultimately a supernatural result as being a disciple of Jesus Christ, of being a, a genuine believer in Jesus Christ and modeling our lives after what the early church did, to just go after God, to meet together and share everything in common. Psalm 92 says that the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon because we are transplanted to the Lord's own house. The scripture says that you will flourish in the courts of our God. Here's the best part. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no evil in him. Listen, when I get a bit older and advanced and mature in age, I will be here at the house of God, wherever here is, and I'm gonna come in excited and anticipating a move of God continually in my life and for this next generation that we've continued to invest in, to see young people now coming up and pastoring the church and preaching and sharing a word of encouragement and leading in kids ministry and doing announcements and water baptizing other young people as the Lord adds to the fellowship those who are being saved. I want to be in God's house all the days of my life, that there is a supernatural result that takes place as you are. Often, when we get away from that, we lose track of that, we isolate, and we think we don't need church, we don't need God, is a dangerous place to live in. Trust me, you need 
to be in the house of God, not because of attendance sake, because you need a encouragement. You need a word from the Lord. You need to hear from someone else. You need prayer. Listen, in our weakness, we're made strong. I don't know about you guys, but I had a week. I need to be in the house of the Lord. Not because I need to preach, but because I, I need to worship God. I need to thank him for what he's done, his provision throughout this week. And I need to thank him in advance for the thing that he's going to do in our lives. So we need to be vitally connected to the body of Christ. This is the release point of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And the truth is, as Candace said earlier, it's not about you. It's about others in the church. It's about each other together. We all have an active part to play. Christianity is not a spectator sport. You are an active player. Guess what? You made the team. The bar is incredibly low. Trust me, because I made the team. And coach knows I'm not a great player. <laughs> Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. That's all you got to say. Come on. That's the house of God. You have a part to play. But guess what? He has given you a gift. He has graced you with a gift that is for this church. So the gift that Candace shared of being able to sing, I, like, I don't have that gift. I maybe have a different gift, but it's not singing, I am told. But when, when Candace uses her gift, that edifies, it benefits, it encourages the whole body. It is not for her. Now, there is a result that when we pour out what God has put in us, that it energizes us. It, it excites us because we are ultimately doing what God has called us to do. And as we step out in faith, there is an infilling in our own lives. But listen, the church is called out and called together. And these spiritual gifts that God has given us, they are grace gifts are for the church today. Now, there is biblical knowledge to back that up. The spiritual gifts are in operation. Not just because we have the word of God, but we have what's called a testimony. We have a story. Maybe anyone in the house who has experienced healing in their body, healing in their mind. Has anyone had addiction broken off of their life through the power of the Holy Spirit? Has anyone received an encouraging word, a, a prophetic word that calls you forward and says, you are a man, you are a woman of God, that you have a place in this home, regardless of what you've done, that God loves you. So we believe in the operation of the spiritual gifts, and it's throughout Scripture. In Romans chapter 12, it says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith, faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, church, church well, teach well. Who's teaching? Who's teaching this? <laughs> teach well. Uh, if your gift, thank you, is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. That one's for me. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Here's the thing. In his grace, God has given us different gifts to edify and build up and encourage the body of Christ. Here it is again in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question, interesting, about the spiritual abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I believe that the enemy 
wants to confuse and distract and cause us to ignore or think that it is too weird, it's too much, you know, to, to operate or to believe in spiritual gifts because he knows the power that the Holy Spirit has working through the church, working through people. So of course, he wants to bring as much confusion as possible. But listen, he, he, he's saying even in this, he, if we could put the scripture up on the screen, it says, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I think sometimes there's an expectation that we put on ourselves or we wrongly put on the church or other people about uh, what a spiritual gift should look like or there's an, uh, an anticipation, anticipation, there's a faith that we need to have as believers, but God works sometimes differently than we understand. Here's the thing. The bottom line I want you to get is this. We do not need to be afraid of this, and we don't need to get confused or misunderstand it, because that might be, here's one of the spiritual gifts, discernment of spirits. There is an enemy of this world. There is a, a spirit of this world that wants to try to take you out. Good news, spoiler alert, Jesus wins, God wins. Come on. So let's not misunderstand this. God is not a God of confusion. He brings clarity, understanding, and wisdom to the church as we learn about this. Now in verse 4, we'll continue on. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and someone else, the gift of healing, to perform miracles, the ability to prophesy, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is able to speak in unknown languages while another person can interpret it. But it is one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Listen to this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one Spirit. We all share the same Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? No. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we do carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the most honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. So here's the thing. The Spirit distributes their, these gifts. So there's no competition. 
The Spirit decides. He knows you. He's wired you. He created you. He knows what gift you need to operate in. Here's the best news. You have a gift. You have a spiritual gift. You have a gift. And you have a gift. And you have a gift. And you get a gift. God has given these gifts, not for ourselves, but to serve one another. Here's the best news. Every gift that you need in your life is available here. It's available in the body of Christ if the body of Christ will function in its specific role that God has called you to. Everyone has a gift, but the problem is that not everybody is operating in their gift. Not everyone's discovering their gifting. It's easy for us to focus on ourselves But God has called us to selflessness, to serve. And Jesus Christ himself set the example. He came not to be served, but to serve. How much more are we to fulfill that same responsibility of serving one another in love? The church without this lives at a lower level rather than the power and the authority that God has designed for his church, his people to have when we are not functioning in our gifts when we are not participating and responding in obedience to what God has called us to do. Have you ever had uh, one of your feet or one of your legs fall asleep? You have? Tell me where you most often find that happen. (laughs) If you laugh, it's because maybe it happens on the toilet. I don't know. Do you ever find it? Okay. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But, but here's the awkward thing now that we're going to talk about. When your foot falls asleep or your feet fall asleep, you know how weird it, how, oh, it feels weird. And you're, you're sort of walking around awkwardly and funnily. And, and then you have to stop and let the blood flow or whatever. I don't know if there's a doctor that can explain it, but there's something weird that happens. And the foot has fallen asleep. That's a picture of what happens when the body of Christ isn't functioning. It's my legs feel weird and I wobble and it's awkward and I walk strange and I put... Uh, unnecessary pressure and strain on other parts of the body to compensate because my feet are asleep. There are members (laughs) of the body that are asleep. There are members of the body that are in a slumber. You need to be a part of the body of Christ. You need to fulfill your role. And, and guess what happens? If you're, you're a foot, you're an ear, you're a nose, whatever it is, whatever role or responsibility God has given you, whatever gift he has given you to help equip and build up the body, that there's a purpose. You see, when, we, when the leg's no longer asleep and I got my full control back, I can walk confidently. I can walk boldly. I can walk with conviction that God is with me. I can walk in humility and I can serve those around me who need a touch, whose legs have fallen asleep or whose legs have just stopped working. They say, I just, I've I've given up on church. I've given up on that. I've given up on God. But if we are healthy and growing and full of love, we can bend down to help pick that person up and say, come on into the father's house because God has a plan for you. He wants you to operate as a part of this body. What if, what if our whole church, what if everyone, I, we're doing a great job. I, I'm thankful for that. 
But what if everyone in our church was serving? What if everyone in our church was a part of a group? What if everyone in our church was with faith and boldness, speaking out, prophesying, declaring the goodness of God over other people's situation, praying for one another? Imagine the church that we would be for this city, for this world, for this nation, as we're healthy, we're connected, we're growing, and we're full of love. I just want to give you two quick takeaways. Two things we can do. We can desire the gifts and pursue them with passion and intensity. There's a, a full list of gifts. There's multiple um, scriptures throughout the Bible. And we're going to have some of our lists in, in the group so we can talk more about it. Uh, but the, the, the scripture says that we should earnestly desire and cultivate these spiritual gifts. So we can ask God, we can seek counsel, we can read the word, go deeper in your groups to understand, hey, I don't know what my gift is, I don't know what my calling is, and watch as the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into where your operation is as a part of the body. See, here's the, the second thing, is that you can discover your gifts by serving others, and you develop them by using them and praying for other people. When I first came to this church, I, I, I was saved in this church. My, my I don't, I, spiritual gifts, I don't know. I, I mean, I can set that sign up and I can wave, you know, this thing around and I would, I just smile and wave. That's all that Pastor Ryan would let me do. Just welcome people outside the church of Third Academy and, hey, come in, we're having church today. So I just started showing up and I just started serving in some place. And little by little, as we serve, and then maybe after a pursuit night or during a pursuit night, I, I pray for someone. And it's like, oh man, you want me to talk, like speak out loud and pray? Like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but the Holy Spirit guides you. And he gives you the words to say. They don't have to worry about what to say because he gives you those words. We're found in the word of God. And little by little, you see, the gift was not only discovered in my life, but then they are developed and then they are used to serve others. And then there is an increase. I remember one day at uh, Third Academy where, uh, there, I don't know, one of the toilets was flooding. Like, let me just say, thank you, God. We are always so thankful for this location, for Crystal Creek Homes, for what God has provided. Because there was a time, church, let me tell you, if you weren't a part of it, it's probably best that God has brought you, you know, through that time. But to toilets are flooding. There's pee on the floor. And Pastor Ryan says, hey, Andrew, can you clean that up? And I was like, oh, <laughs> sure, Pastor. And I grab the mop, and I'm cleaning up this flooding toilet, and there's all this stuff. And you know what I realized in those moments? Someone's got to do it. That's probably not as profound as it should be. The Lord really spoke to me and said, you're doing the Father's work. No, no, no. I was just showing up. I was just helping out. I just, I was maybe the closest, you know. He just said, hey, can you do that? And I, with humility, yeah, sure. I didn't love cleaning it. I don't like to do it necessarily, but I'll still do it. You see, God started to work in me. And this was just a simple response because the Holy Spirit was working in my life. I was experiencing what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to just show up at church and come to our pursuit night and watch as addiction was being broken off my life as my family was being restored and as I actually came to Christ and realized in those moments, oh man, I'm far from God, but, but good news, I don't need to be far from God. I can be close to Him in community and operating in the spiritual gifts that God has called us to. And as we do, we watch what God has done. 
God can do more for us than we can ever do for ourselves. God will give a, a vision for our church that is beyond anything that we can muster up, anything that we can imagine so that we see our kids one day, the next generation, those farthest from God, with hands lifted, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for bringing me out of the pit. We love you, Jesus. We worship you as Lord of our lives. We can experience the life change and transformation that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that is available to us all. Would you bow your heads with me today? I just want to take these last few moments. If there's anyone here today, if, if you hear some of this message, we're preaching the word of God. This is the truth of God's word. That something within your spirit or, or something within your soul, you feel something shifting or changing and there's a, almost like an anticipation of what God's gonna do. Maybe, maybe you've walked with God and you're far away. We just want to take these last few moments today before we're dismissed. And if that's you today, if you're not sure where you're at with God, the same God that I'm talking about, that relationship with Jesus Christ is available today, that he took the punishment, he took the sin, all your wrongdoing on that cross over 2,000 years ago, and we're celebrating that this month. We celebrate it every day. That because of Jesus Christ, there was a sacrifice. That God became flesh. He became sin for us. So that when God looks at you, if you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, he no longer sees your sin. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't shame you. He sees his son, Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven and washed whiter than snow because of the scarlet blood of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know where you're at with God, you can be sure today. You can respond to the invitation of Jesus Christ and say, yeah, I don't know all the details or how it works, but I, I wanna go public with my faith. I wanna give my life to the Lord. Just as Taylor came here today, she doesn't understand the implications of what it means, all of the understanding of the Bible to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But she made a decision today to say, God, I wanna serve you all the days of my life. I don't know what it is, but the old is gone, the new has come. I wanna go public with my faith. I wanna know you more intimately and I give you my life. And that is an invitation that is available to us all today. So if that's you today, I'm just gonna, on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to pop your hand up real quick. And before I count, as your eyes are closed, I'm not gonna call you forward. I'm not gonna bring you up. I'm not gonna make you do a silly dance. There's not some magical prayer that we're gonna pray. It's just simply between you and the Lord. I'm gonna know who I'm praying for. I'm gonna see your hand, but more importantly, God's gonna see your hand. So if that's you, if you don't know where you're at with God, you wanna say yes to the invitation with Jesus Christ, all you're gonna do is you're just gonna pop your hand. You ready? One, two, three. If that's you today, you wanna to go, I just wanna be a follower of Jesus Christ, amen. Yes, see that. Anyone else today? Thank you. Amen. Church, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins and regrets. From this day forward, I choose to follow you. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your grace. And fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. I trust in you. And I put my faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. 
amen. Come on, church, would you stand with me? Can we give it up for those that lifted their hands and made a public commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ today? The Word of God says that all the angels in heaven are celebrating right now. Come on, this is a place where people that are far from God are gonna come to the house of God, experience His presence, and there is life change and transformation through the goodness of God and His mercy because He loves us and He loves you so much.